The Love Life Blog by Jacqueline Hellier. Are humans naturally monogamous? And if not, what does that mean? There are some old sexual myths of men being naturally promiscuous to sow their seed and women being naturally monogamous because it's natural for a woman to be less sexual. And on closer examination, these myths have no basis in fact. The former because it's a misuse of evolutionary theory and the latter because it's based on historical suppression of women's sexuality, not their biological reality. Listen to the podcast called A History of Sexual Misinformation for more on that. So what is real? Are humans monogamous or not? Is monogamy a natural state that all humans gravitate to or is it a social norm superimposed upon a different biological basis? Well, it seems that monogamy is not biologically based, it's socially based. For an in-depth look at this issue, I recommend you read the brilliant book Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan and Cassil Jetha. It's a thoroughly researched and very entertaining read. The authors look at our biology, at prehistoric remains, at our closest ape relatives, at existing and recent hunter-gatherer societies, and present a very plausible argument that we haven't evolved to be monogamous, that the concept of possessing a partner exclusively is a social development, not a biological one. This is certainly a view that I had come to based on my own research and observations, clinical and personal. So it's good to see it reinforced by academics who've done the proper analytical research. So if we're not naturally monogamous, what does that mean for us? Should we all start hanging out at swingers clubs and inviting the neighbours over for a casual drink? Of course not. I'm not talking about going from one extreme to another. What I am saying is that we need to take the issue seriously, not cover it up with fear or power-based morality and narrow-mindedness. These days we do plenty of things that we didn't evolve to do, things that aren't natural in the sense that we usually mean it, such as sitting in front of a computer. And if we stray too far from who we really are, if we go too much against our innate selves, if we start fighting ourselves, then we're in for trouble. To use the computer example, our bodies have evolved to be active, so even if we can sit in front of a computer for hours, we shouldn't overdo it. Overly sedentary people risk obesity, heart disease, diabetes and a whole bunch of other problems. So, on a similar line, if we aren't naturally monogamous, forcing ourselves to be so is not going to work. In the past, it was avoided by repressing women's sexuality so severely that it was barely possible to be non-monogamous for a woman. But now that women don't get stoned or burned at the stake or locked up in mental institutions for being sexual, and now that women aren't forced to stay in relationships for the sake of economic necessity, what what do we find? Around 50% of relationships involve infidelity, of which women contribute as much as men, and certainly very many people aren't monogamous for life. These days, serial monogamy tends to be the norm. So while people might not overlap their lovers, they certainly do have more than one. So I've come to think that as with so many other aspects of sexuality, we're all on a continuum of monogamy, with some people being truly completely monogamous and others being completely non-monogamous, and most of us somewhere in between. And of course, this varies over time throughout our lives. A small number of people manage to have consensual non-monogamous relationships. And that's fine, because if it's successful, they're doing it openly, honestly, and with continual reflection. But even for them, it's challenging. All relationships are challenging, and having multiple is even more challenging. So if monogamy is your preference, the key point here is that we have to recognise that it's not easy to be exclusive with the same person for years on end and have a satisfactory love life with that one person. You have to focus on it. You have to work at it, cultivate it. 
Some key points I believe we all need to take on board, whatever our preferred type of relationship is, is to be less judgmental of self and others around relationship preferences and inclinations, to be more open-minded about relationship possibilities, if not for yourself, then at least with others. Not everyone has to be the same as you. To realise that becoming more aware of your own sexuality and therefore more open, honest and real about yourself is a very good thing for yourself and for your relationships. To be more focused on creating an ongoing good sex life that includes diversity and novelty. I really would love to see our society develop in a way that is more inclusive of different kinds of sexuality, including varieties of sexual relatedness. We've had a long struggle, which is still ongoing, to open our minds to homosexuality. Now we need to open up to other aspects of sexuality, such as non-monogamy, as well as bisexuality, transsexuality, pansexuality, asexuality, intersexuality, kinky orientations, or any other orientation that goes against rigid definitions of acceptable sexuality. As I say so often, as long as it's between consenting informed adults, it's fine. Essentially, as a society, we need to be authentic, honest, and non-judgmental. Sounds reasonable, but it's such a big ask in this society, particularly when it's to do with sexuality. But still, I live and work in hope.